this is an eavesdropping conversation and I'm sitting here in the chapel, in fact, at Oxford House with Nala. Welcome, Nala. Thank you for coming so oh, much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, I'm really looking forward just to chatting with you a bit and finding out a bit more about what you do, about the music that you make, um, and yeah, giving our listeners a bit of an insight into what they might be hearing on the 26th of January. Wonderful. <laughs> um, so I'm going to start with a question that I am asking everybody, which is just a very open question to describe the sort of music making that you do. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, so uh, my project's uh, a project of many parts, and I guess the most important part is the singing. And um, I came up through jazz school, and mm-hmm. um, I went to the Guildhall School of Music and Drama, and um, after that I was in a beatbox group called The Box Set, <laughs> and um, uh, I learned a lot of things from those experiences, particularly about um, extending vocal techniques and the voice to make more than just lyrics and melody, mm. but to also cover other parts of the song, to mm. make bass lines, to make drum sounds, to make uh, interesting synths, so a lot of my music is kind of carrying on from the traditions and the things that I've learned uh-huh. um, these musical experiences, so you'll hear... Um, uh, songs and uh, production that is made up from parts of my voice and, and things that I found around and since that I've created myself and um, I guess uh, that takes care of the landscape yeah but the actual uh, the, the vocals the melodies and that kind of thing um, I hope that you should uh, be able to hear many meanderings of my mind. So a lot of... <laughs> Sounds intriguing. <laughs> well, I hope so. Uh, a lot of uh, interesting melodies, and I love poetry. Mm. Um, so a lot of interesting writing, and I love uh, polysyllabic words. So lots of melodies incorporating words that are far too long for uh, lyrics, really. Are uh, you writing your own lyrics when you create Yeah, stuff? so I'm mm. writing a lot of my own lyrics, and um, just kind of... Uh, using the experience of uh, being a solo artist to really explore what it is to be a human being. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping that that's what I'm going to bring uh, to you guys. Fantastic. On the 26th. Yeah. yeah. Um, when we had coffee, I think it was back in December mm. now, um, I was asking you a bit about um, the genre of music making. <laughs> well, I, I can't remember exactly what you said, but you sort of hit me with, well, I could describe it as this, or I could yeah. describe, describe it as that. And so I'm wondering if you could... Um, I hate labels, but yeah. you know they're sort of useful to, to get a handle on. So there's a very electronic uh, mm-hmm. sort of element of uh, what I'm doing, and I guess it's sort of a left-field R&B sort mm-hmm. of sound, so maybe not your everyday pop uh, yep. sound, a little bit further out than that, um, something hopefully adding a bit of extra interest and harmony yeah. uh, to the landscape. But it's probably, uh, I'd say it's electronic left-field R&B. <laughs> Electronic left field R and B that sounds great. Yeah. Um, and I suppose in terms of the the programming of my eavesdropping series, mm. you're you're a bit of an outlier because you're not yeah. from the classical new music world. Yeah. But you see, one of the things that attracted me to to the work that I heard by you is that that I still feel that you could apply this label experimental. It feels to me yeah. like you're, you're very much pushing the boundaries of things, and I suppose that's where the left field comes yeah. in, perhaps, but you're sort of you're stretching the boundaries and you're stretching the, 
the mechanics even of, of what you do with your with your voice. Um, and I guess that's really, um, experimental is really important to me because um, beyond just kind of music making in a traditional sense, I really do think that music is about the senses crossing and so a lot of what I'm mm. kind of trying to explore is the kind of synesthesia style experience that we all have when we listen to music you know um, when you eat something it brings back a memory of something else yeah. when you feel certain kind of weather it brings back the, the feeling of something else and the same thing with music so you know you, you get a feeling for something you get all sorts of memories and it touches all sorts of parts of you and so moving forward extending what I'm doing I'm hoping to incorporate lots of different parts um, of my uh, sort of experience audiovisual experience so that it incorporates more mm. of the senses to so a broader performance yeah. perform, per, what do we say performance experience as yeah. to the audience. so that's kind of at the heart of what um the nala project is about um and so i'm going to bring you guys i might i'm hoping to sing one or two songs that are part of my catalogue mm -hmm. um, but in a completely new way because i don't usually perform on my own yeah and there's a tune called seeing with my ears which is about this um feeling of uh seeing something and feeling it but all your senses kind of discombobulated uh -huh. and connecting with each other at the same time mm. so when you say you don't normally perform by yourself mm. what because you did you've done a couple of gigs actually yeah, so far haven't gigs. you that's it and so can so you describe far. for us what what your average setup might be for okay. that sort of so gig? Uh, because i wanted the sound uh, to feel very tactile on stage mm. i actually have no traditional instruments so it's just me and two drummers playing uh, these hexagonal Simmons pads and they have four each so there are eight on stage and two SPDSXs which are Roland um, what's the word they're kind of electronic drum sets okay three small pads um, and it means that the guys have to play them with drumsticks and it's a very yeah, physical uh, experience and it means that when you hear a sound you can also see an action and yeah. that's something I feel like I, I really love about a lot of really beautiful visceral music is that it's not just a, something that you hear and you kind of accept it, but you see it mm. being acted out, you see it kind of uh, being played, mm. and that also gives you a, a really personal response. Mm. And since so many of the sounds that I've made are um, interesting because they're other sounds that have been filtered or synthesized in a particular way, like there are some bass lines that are made from my voice mm. or... Uh, drum sounds that are made from the rattling of keys that mm -hmm. kind of thing um there isn't an accurate physical representation for them so it would be amazing to see people moving animate yeah. in an animated way yeah. to kind of represent those sounds so yeah. that's that's what my life set looks like okay so you've got two two live drummers and they're playing um they're not actually playing any conventional drums but they're no. playing pads that that's um it. that you pre-program like, with the it. sort of sounds that you want fantastic I came across you through Open Space, which is the residency programme, which I did 2016, I think, taking place at Snake Maltings. Um, and yes, I was looking at their catalogue of, of current artists when I was programming the series and, and found you and looked up, looked up your music. And I just, I wondered if you, well, I know that you're doing a long-term project yeah. with them, so I'd, I'd be interested to hear a bit about so, that. So, um, Alba have been very lovely to me, and um, they're over pretty the, special, they're they? really <laughs> special place. Mm. It's an exceptional place to hear an incredibly new and exciting music, mm. but also just to be in that environment, to be with people that supportive yeah. and open and patient about 
music creativity is absolutely wonderful and they've really um, mentored me and um, particularly Rebecca yes. who's taken care of me and mentored me for the last year and a half um, through many of my ideas many of my struggles um, with trying to put together an audio-visual experience which is multi-sensory mm. um, and we're aiming to do that in September 2018 so That's this, this September, year now yes. yes this year now um, so we're um, putting that together and it's a series of small residencies that I'm doing to explore different aspects of this um, big show. I know that um, this last year and a half um, I've had quite a spaced out residency because I do quite a lot of different projects mm. um, but I also work with Olbra on their um, education outreach project um, and they have a singing and songwriting project that they do mm. in a prison um, not far from there and so whilst I've been doing all of these things I feel like all these experiences that I've had there have really come together mm. to make a lot of the music and the identity that I have now and so I'm really grateful to that entire organisation. Yeah they are amazing. They are wonderful. Um, so do you feel that, that things are evolving a lot at the moment that it sounds like all these different strands of your work are part of a period of growth or yeah something. I think um, I think it's really interesting as a musician and um, when I was at Guildhall when I was at Conservatoire and um, we're really encouraged to do a few things that are outside of what we're doing mm. but to mainly practice just the principles of jazz or just the principles of what you're doing in an attempt to really hone in your skills and mm. I just realizing more and more as a musician out in the real world that it's everything that comes into contact with you that creates valuable experiences that can be turned into something wonderful for your mm. profession, wonderful for your um, your art. And so I'm really very happy at this point because I've just put together a body of music that I'm beginning to show the world after such a long time. Yes. And, and uh, just seeing how people respond to that and writing more music and sharing more of myself is a, a real learning curve. It's wonderful. For listeners that want to hear a little bit of what you do, um, last time I checked, there were a couple of a yeah. couple of tracks that I found. But where where would you direct them if they want to try and hear a snippet? So I recently released a tune called Splintered Window, and you can find that on iTunes and okay. Spotify. Um, and also, there's a music video for it, which is a nice. beautiful and kaleidoscopic filled with images, which are very special to me because they're all filaments of experiences I've had over the last. Um, three years mm -hmm. and they've been turned into kaleidoscopic images that um, undulate and move around to mm, the music visual. which is really wonderful. So that's called Splintered Windows? That's called Splintered Window yeah and then uh, there are a few tunes on SoundCloud okay. if you uh, look through there. And all under the, uh, under all the under name Nala. Nala. Mm. And also one video of uh, me performing a song called Lotus, um, and that was for Sofa Sounds, and you can find that on YouTube. Okay, thank you. As you know, the eavesdropping series, and indeed the symposium, um, is very much about promoting and celebrating female artists. And I've been thinking a lot about what it means to be a female artist, mm. and of course there could be a whole host of responses to that. <laughs> um, but I wondered whether whether you feel gender is at play at all in your work? I think it is. I think that gender can't be something that's um, 
refused or put aside. Mm-hmm. And I think the female experience is a very interesting and sometimes difficult one. I think it's definitely something that requires a lot of celebration, particularly in the arts. Um, and although maybe it's not completely intentional, at the beginning of most art forms, um, creative writing, um, music, there are a lot of men who created those uh, environments to which women are now getting a chance to mm. really speak. And because of that, there are going to be conventions that aren't um, ideal for women, particularly in the contemporary music um, world, at least pop music. Mm. There's a lot of emphasis on women in terms of age, in yes. terms of like attractiveness. Mm. Um, these are things that really shouldn't be like highly valued over um, creativity. Mm. The quality over, of, the, yeah. of the music, yeah. And the quality of the person and that person's <laughs> yeah, life. True. And I just think um, we're at a wonderful age now where we're, we're able to be more socially conscious and aware. We can really turn the tide to some of these old um, conventions. Um, I heard somewhere that there are no female A&Rs in the whole of the UK. Is that right? Which just goes to show, you know, so much of the industry is still um, not equal by mm. a long, long, long stretch. What does A&R stand for? A&R people are the people who go out and uh, check out music acts, new music, and decide who's going to be the next big thing. So who's going to get Mostly that Mostly signing them to a label, yeah, right? That's yeah, that's it, signing you to a label. So mm. when A&Rs come to your gigs, it's those guys coming along with the hope of, of finding something special. Mm. And, you know, it's I'm definitely finding as a black um, woman in the city... Uh, that's I'm a very very narrow demographic, yeah. and being female is is an important thing for many wonderful things, but it's also something to be aware of. Yeah, that women do need to be celebrated. They do need to be brought to the forefront um, of these. Of so these you things. feel it still it still needs a bit of extra. I don't know, extra awareness or extra Definitely. support somehow to to level the playing field. To level mm. the playing field, I think. Um, I think there are so many incredible female artists out there doing new and interesting things. Um, and when you when we list, when people go back and they list the most out there, free-thinking female artists, there aren't many few that people are listing. You know, you get Bjork and Grace Jones, you get Kate Bush. Mm. But when people are listing men who have done out outside-of-the-box things, there are loads of them. Mm. There's Prince, there's Michael Jackson, there's Stevie Wonder. There's so many artists, and I just think that that balance needs to be addressed a mm. little bit. And would you say that, that that's particularly the case within the R&B scene, if, that, if that's the scene that well, you most closely feel connected to? I feel it's, it's an interesting one, because I guess, although my music's class is R&B, I'm probably not belonging completely to just to that it, scene. Yeah. But mm. if I look through neo-soul or contemporary pop or any of these other sort of, like, avant-garde groups kind of connected to what I'm doing, the theme is the same women are for you and you know it takes a lot for us to prove ourselves mm. or you're seen in a certain light and it's very difficult to break that that misconception mm. or that preconception that people have of women and that's something that definitely needs to be addressed but I think rather than kind of addressing it in a what about us kind of a way I think it's really about celebrating how wonderful being female can mm. be and how wonderful the female experience really mm. is so much to be learned from that mm. Can you tell us a bit about some of the things that are inspiring you at the moment in your work? Oh, okay. So, um, as I said before, I work in this prison project mm. and um, you meet all sorts of people actually in a prison. Um, they're not 
all in orange jumpsuits, uh, like something out of Bad Girls or <laughs> any of the TV series you've seen. They're actually uh, people yeah. and uh, quite normal people. And I think something I have learnt from being in that experience and something that I'll definitely bring, in fact, I've written a song specifically to describe this uh, interaction, is a, a sense of pride and connection with these um, men who are writing songs that are about uplifting your spirit and mm. um, keeping focus in the face of great adversity. Mm. I think it's really difficult in an environment where you've done something atrocious, you've done something really wrong, um, and your, you know, the prison system's designed that you go through prison and that's you paying for what you've done, but you never really pay for what you've done because the way we see you in society is forever changed and that's a difficult thing to mm. cope with. And these men take that in their stride and they write these songs to give themselves hope and focus so they can become more than just the things that they've done. And that's definitely inspired me greatly. Mm. Um, you know, Nala is a deeply uh, intimate project for me and it is about how I feel and um, and the things I've been through and, and going through being in a, a big girl group and doing different things and going to jazz school and studying heavily music that pretty much existed millions of years ago <laughs> um, gave me a real um, sense of identity crisis. You, mm. you know, you take on all these things and you learn so much and you try to be the best version of yourself you can be within the context of the things you're trying to do. And these experiences have been very intense for mm. me. And perhaps when I stepped away from them, I thought, this isn't the version of myself that I want to be. Mm. In fact, I'm not sure I want to be a version of myself. I'd like to be myself. And I began writing music. And when I wrote music for myself, that music was really uh, That's poignant. right. So you, you weren't writing music no. initially when you, were, when you were studying. That's something that's no, come out was, of that. Okay. I was only writing prescriptively. So yeah. I, I wrote arrangements for a big band yeah. or that kind of thing. But I, mm. I didn't feel... Um, I didn't feel that I had all the parts or the drive to want to produce something that was entirely my own. And um, I always knew if I came to write something, I didn't want that to be a project that's gratified by other people. Mm. I wanted it to be as honest and flawed as it, as it can be for what it is. And I wanted that to present that to the world because I'd be proud of, of who that was. Yeah. And I wanted that to represent who I am. So whilst I was in the box sets, I wrote very few songs. I mainly enjoyed... Uh, performing and singing and, and running around stage and doing <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, and when I came away from that experience and I, I couldn't really recognise my own voice, you know, like I'd been doing something that I felt was a collective voice. That project was also really interesting. It was five um, female singers um, singing and beatboxing and creating their own bass and their own sounds. And um, each each girl, each woman was in intrinsic to the overall sound um, and you couldn't create that sound with four you can yes. create it with two and it would be different with six so it required five of us all the time to making a very specific sound at any given second to create this sound so it was part of a bigger thing so when I came away from that and I was just one person just one thing it was really difficult to recognize my own beating mm. heart when it came to music in fact, Splintered Window is the first significant song that I wrote. And it's about looking into yourself and realising that actually sometimes um, you try really hard, but things don't amount to, to what you want and uh, things break. 
and you may look at yourself and think, I'm just a collection of broken pieces and none of these really fit together when I'm disappointed because I've tried so hard and that's all I've got. But actually, those pieces can come together like a splintered window, mm. like a stained glass window. Some of the most beautiful things are made from the most broken things. Mm. I so identify with um, with that journey that you've described. And it's only a few years ago that I stood up on stage on my own and did a whole <laughs> programme, you know. And cool. it's it's so, so different. Um, but I totally, I totally share everything that, yeah. you, that you've just said, that it's... It's, it's yeah, it's vulnerable and all the rest of it. But it's everything you do then feels a bit truer to a bit truer. who you are. I guess like um, even with the way it's set up on stage, I guess the idea for me is about people realizing that discovering yourself is about stepping into a void, the boundaries of what you already mm. know, what you have, to spearhead something yourself or to be yourself in any way, in any context, in any walk of life, is is really about stepping into that void. Mm. You've, you've spoken a bit about identity and mm. um, I introduced you as Nala, but you've also yeah. referred to the project Nala. Yeah. Um, so what, what's at play so, there? So, although I, I am Nala and when people refer to me as Nala, that's still really beautiful. Because mm. Nala is actually my middle name, so it's half oh, of okay. my middle name, which is Nalamle, and it means firstborn girl of the first line. And uh, it's a girl name it's a, my tribal name okay. and um it's like you know it means the first girl to to have arrived oh, she's the matriarch it. and that's a really special thing for me um but when i describe myself as the project nala mm. really it's about remaining true to the sentiment of the music and i still write music for other things i still still write for other people i still write with the boys in the prison and they call me eve because um, my name's Yvette. So yeah, when I refer to myself as, or when I refer to the project Nala, I'm really referring to the music and and um, the way that it looks and the way that it sounds and that kind of thing. Do you, do you imagine that it might that there might come to be an end to, to Nala when it needs to change into something else? That's it. So I, I imagine there may be. Maybe mm. there will be an end. Maybe Nala will evolve into something <laughs> new. Maybe yeah. she'll become something else. But I know that I will both always be Nala yeah. and there will always be a Project Nala, which is a certain kind of sound. Um, and maybe it's, it's interesting because... Um, the name Nala to be like the firstborn of the first thing you know this is my firstborn project yes. she is my firstborn as well and so I feel like that really accurately describes this time this little hub of, of music that I've created yeah thank you so much Nala that's um it's been such a pleasure talking to you oh thank you for having me I could talk all day <laughs> <laughs> it's been great thanks <laughs>